everyone, welcome back. I'm sorry that uploads have been all over the place lately, but it's just because I've been with my family during the holidays. I'm still trying to upload when I can. I'll be home this weekend, so videos will be back to the normal schedule starting next week. Before I get started though, I wanted to mention that this one is a very dark and disturbing video. Lots of dark stories here. I'll have each story labeled in the timestamps in case you want to skip any of them, just in case they're too dark for you. All that being said, let's go ahead and get started. And remember to always stay hungry. So the story is going to be a story that may trigger some people, as it mentions sexual assault. So I just wanted to give a warning. My name is Julia, and this happened on the night of my 16th birthday. I had gone out with my boyfriend that night. And of course, I had an early curfew because my mom absolutely hated him, so I arrived home by 9pm. When we got inside, I had realized my mom's friend Doug was there, and that they had been drinking. I didn't really care for Doug though. He was creepy, especially when he was being an annoying drunk. So I decided to shower and get ready for bed so I could avoid him. When I got into the shower, I figured he'd be gone by that point. But instead, my mom told me he was going to sleep on the couch since nobody could drive him home. I had a bad gut feeling when she told me that, but I just went to my room where my sister and I slept. I was laying there watching TV with my sister Rash when Doug came into our room and then laid at the foot of our bed. I had told him to get out of our room multiple times because he was really pissing me off and because he was being weird and kept grabbing my feet and legs but he wouldn't get out until I told my mom. I don't remember falling asleep, but I woke up to someone in my bed with me, and it wasn't my sister. Doug was in my bed with me, and he had his hand in my pants. I didn't know what to do. I was so scared then I just froze until he then stopped, and then when he left my room to go to the bathroom, I went to the living room and I had found Ash asleep on the floor. I had stayed awake all night just waiting for the morning and just hoping he wouldn't come looking for me. I thought that I'd just tell mom in the morning, but she was unpredictable and I honestly didn't think she would even care or believe me anyway. So I just held it in and went to school, but I was obviously upset and a teacher had sent me to the counselor. I broke down so hard in that office and I'll never forget the way I felt when I told her what happened to me. I felt like there was no hope of ever getting me help with this, no hope of getting over it, and no justice would ever be served. I was right, because even though the police were involved, they said the most he could be charged with was sexual harassment because I had just turned 16. Oh, and even though my mother knew of the situation, she continued to be friends with him because he was the only one supplying her with meth and other substances. That actually really hurt me more than everything else combined because she was my mother and she didn't even care to protect me. I'm 30 years old now, and I've done my best to cope with and heal from all the past trauma, but I do still struggle sometimes, and that's okay. I've come such a long way from being that broken little girl that I once was, and I wanted to tell anyone who's been a victim of sexual assault that you're stronger than you know, and you're so much more than just your trauma. Thanks for listening, everyone and stay safe.
This just happened a few days ago, and I'm still in shock. It was basically one bad thing after another. I live in a smaller city, and I had just turned 21, and my family and I decided to go to the casino for my birthday. The casino was located in the downtown area of my state, which isn't the best area. On the way there, I had a really weird feeling. I got super nauseous and had this sense of worry. I just ignored it, thinking I was just car sick or something. When we got there, everything was fine. My mom, dad, and boyfriend and I were about to leave, when all of a sudden, a massive group of people ran into the casino, then yelling, Shots fired! Someone's shooting a gun outside! The casino was 21+, plus, so the users were pushing people out and I still don't know why we didn't just go back. It was a bunch of younger kids around the age of 15, so we decided to try to get to the car to leave, which was about a 10-minute walk away. We ended up turning the corner, and there were now cops yelling, Get out of here! There's an active shooter! Now let me just tell you, when the cops are yelling at you to leave and get out of here, it was a very scary feeling. Now, I've had many bomb and gun threats in school, but this was even scarier because we actually heard it. As we were running, there was SWAT and a bunch of cops surrounding the streets. My mom and I were panicking because my boyfriend and dad couldn't find our car, and we were just trying to leave and get the fuck out of there. I began to cry, and so did my mom, because we didn't know where we were, and we couldn't figure out where the shooting was actually happening at. We just kept hearing shots fired and started full-on running, and then a ton of cop sirens were going off. Thankfully, my boyfriend remembered which street the parking garage was on, so we ended up sprinting there. The parking garage door was jammed, and cars were stuck in there for like two plus hours, and the cops weren't letting anyone out. I felt that in any minute, the shooter was going to come in there and start firing at the cars that were parked there. Thankfully, they rigged the system to let us out. When we finally got back home, we had looked on the news. So as it turns out, there was a huge fight right across the walking distance of the casino, and someone had pulled out a gun and started shooting random people. I now understand how people can get PTSD and phobias from these kinds of things. Everyone, remember if you're going in a big city, know exactly where your car is parked at, and always be aware of your surroundings. That fact alone can literally save your life. Warning for rape, physical and mental abuse, and child loss. This is going to be a long story. My name is Sam. I'm a 30-year-old woman. This happened to me when I was 15, maybe 16, and I was a freshman in high school. I met this guy who we'll call Jay on the first day of school and I had my mother's purse. She passed away when I was five. I had left it on the table in the cafeteria when I got to class, and he was there. When I realized I had left my purse, I had asked the teacher if I could go get it, but he refused. This is when Jay jumped out of his chair and then ran to go get my purse for me. I was really grateful that he did that for me, and then not too long after, we had started talking. We talked for a few weeks, and before you know it, we had started dating. He was my first boyfriend, so of course he was my first love. 
and I was really young and stupid for ignoring the red flags. We went from having one class to now three. Now remember, I was a freshman. He was a sophomore, but I was in special classes because I have dyslexia, but I wasn't dumb. My teacher would teach my classwork, and then while we worked, he would teach the others. I went from making A's and B's to doing his classwork for him, and I had started failing. It was because he pulled me into his world to the point that it was just all about him. We were dating for a few months when I had began noticing all of the red flags. He would kiss me more forcefully, always touching me, and whenever I told him to stop and that I wanted to wait until marriage for sex, he didn't like that, but I still kept telling him no. Skip to my birthday when I got my first T-Mobile flip phone. He had got my number, and we had talked on the phone and texted. One day I lost my phone, and I had over a dozen calls and texts asking who I was with, as well as what I was doing and if I was cheating on him. I told him no and that I had just lost my phone, but he didn't believe me, so I pretty much ignored him for the whole weekend. Monday he was mad with me, but I didn't even care. I was a happy girl bringing my own grades back up, and I was focusing on myself. So I had to stay after school to work on my science, and when I came out, Jay was standing by the lockers, and he said he needed to talk to me. I walked over, and he then pinned me to the floor right there, ripping off my panties and having his way with me. I was wide-eyed and in shock and frozen, and I just couldn't believe this was happening to me. When he finished, he had told me that I belonged to him now, and that no one could ever have me. I just stared at him crying, and I didn't know what to do. He said that he loved me so much, and that's why he didn't, and he just couldn't be without me. He just kept saying that I belonged to him. I didn't know what to think about what he was saying to me, and he said he would kill himself if he couldn't be with me. I now felt trapped, and I didn't know what to do or how to get away from him. Weeks after this, I had started to feel sick, and I didn't know what was happening to me. I was a kid myself, and I didn't really know that much about sex, so I had no clue what was happening. Shortly after being sick, I had went with a friend out of state to try and get away from everything. Well, while we were on the road, a semi-truck had ran a red light and then T-boned our truck. I didn't know what happened as I was asleep when it happened. The only thing I remember was a horn and bright lights, and then bam. The next thing I remember, I was waking up in the hospital connected to tubes and machines, when a bunch of doctors then came in. They were going through everything that happened with me, but the only thing I heard was that I was pregnant, and that the baby was lost. The next thing that the doctor told me was that both my friend and her mother who was in the car had also passed. Eventually, weeks later, I was discharged from the hospital, and when I got my phone, I couldn't believe what I saw. I had thousands of messages and calls from Jay, asking where the hell I was, and my grandmother had told him what happened. The only thing he was mad about was that I had lost the baby. I had finally decided that I was done with him, and I ended things in person to his face, which was a big mistake. He slapped me across the face and then punched me, telling me that I wasn't going anywhere. He then tried to rape me yet again, but I kicked him in the junk and then took off running. Now, I know I should have just blocked him and called the cops at this point, but I just wanted to be left alone 
and I just wanted to live my life already. Over the many years, I kept getting messages from him, and I would see him here and there, and he would eventually become my stalker. Even to this day, I still see him sometimes, and he still tries to send me messages pleading for me to be with him again, but I just ignore him every time. I now carry a knife with me every day, and I'm also learning how to use a gun just so I'll be ready. I also want to mention that I'm now happily married, and I'm about to celebrate nine years of marriage. My husband knows of him, and he's told me if he ever sees him, he's a dead man walking. To all the ladies out there, please, please see the red flags and report the rape, and also report the stalking and have evidence of it. Stay safe out there, everyone. It truly is a crazy, cruel world out there. For context, I'm an 18-year-old female. One night, my friends and I decided to go for drinks to celebrate my friend's birthday and then go clubbing afterwards. My friends left early around 1am and I decided to stay because I recognized a few faces and I didn't want to go home so early. The club had closed at 3, but I got my last drink and left by myself at 2.30. Before drinking this drink, I was already really drunk, but I wanted another one to keep my drunkness going for longer. So I had started walking to my boyfriend's house that was a 30 minute walk away. Keep in mind I'm wearing heels and a dress. I call him and meet him, and my phone dies. So I decide to walk home, and he says that he can't walk me so I just go on my way alone. As I walked through the town, I was trying not to get sick or faint as I drank way more than I usually did. But as I was doing this, a man had approached me from behind and then tugs on my arm. I turn around hoping to see someone I know, but it's some random man that I've never seen before. He starts giving me compliments and had asked for my number. I respectfully decline him, and just keep walking. The man then starts shouting at me again to give him my number. At this point though, I was now confused and scared because I knew that my phone was dead and I was way too drunk to defend myself. So I started screaming and trying to run in my heels when a group of men and women in their 30s and 40s came from a nearby hotel, then comforting me. Their English wasn't really good, so they didn't really understand much but had offered to get me a taxi home. I ended up declining because my phone was dead and I only had Apple Pay. Dom, I know. Well, when I set off to continue my walk, I tried to look around, but I wasn't wearing contacts or my glasses, so it was a little blurry, but I thought I'd be okay. Ten minutes into my walk home after leaving the group, a car had appeared and kept passing me several times. Something to know about me is I'm the most paranoid person you'll ever meet, especially when drunk. So I just knew this wasn't good. So when the car turned the corner to turn back around, I then hid behind a wall surrounding apartments. When the car was coming up, it had then stopped for a brief second and then two men got out. There was one short man and then one tall man and I recognized one of them to be the same guy that had grabbed me from earlier. As soon as I saw this, tears filled my eyes, and I began praying to God. 
I then ducked and ran behind one of the large apartment blocks, as I could then hear them whistling trying to lure me out of my hiding spot. As I was hiding there, I then began to throw up all the alcohol I drank and food from earlier. The rest is a bit of a blur, but I did make it home after waiting, and then the next day, as I told my friends about it, one of them told me that this same guy was waiting out the club since 1am, looking very anxious and pacing back and forth, but that she did not really think anything of it. Was that guy waiting for me? How did I not notice him when I left? In all fairness, it was probably my own fault for being stupid enough to walk home myself drunk with a dead phone. I just thank God that I'm alive and safe, because God only knows what that man and his buddy had planned for me. It was August of 2018 in Duncan, Vancouver Island, British Columbia, and it was my guy friend's 18th birthday. Since we're Duncan rednecks, he had opted for a bush party birthday out on Mount Prevost on the forestry pools. This was especially exciting for me as it was an opportunity to show off my new boyfriend to my friends, and knowing that my ex would be there to make him jealous. My boyfriend lived in Sydney, so by the time he drove up to Duncan we were already late to heading up the mountain. We decided to take his 2016 six-speed Kia Forte instead of taking my hard-to-star 1975 square-body dump truck, which in the end was a good idea. It's dark as we're taking it easy driving down the logging roads to the spot, and as I'm rolling up into the clearing in the woods, I see all my friend's trucks and then one guy standing there. He out of nowhere just shot a gun up into the air. I didn't think too much of it at first, since most of my friends are hunters or gun enthusiasts, and had parked close to the truck and got out. Immediately, my friend Alana ran up to me and then said, There's these guys in this truck and quad, and they just shot that gun, and they won't leave us alone, and we don't even know them. And then pointed to the truck. I then hugged her and I said it was okay, and then turned to walk around the truck and see what was going on, when these two very drunk guys with a loaded gun started pointing it at the guys, saying, Which one of you did it? The guy then pointed at my ex and my guy friend, and also some more of my guy friends, then yelling at them very angry and aggressive. I turned to Alana, then telling her that we need to get out of here. As I was fast walking back to my boyfriend's car, I saw these two girls in the truck telling the guys to stop it. I led the way flying down those pothole dirt roads and onto the highway, with the guys on the quad and truck following my friends and I. I drove to the nearest gas station with my friend Hunter right behind me. We then saw all of my friends flying down the highway, with that random truck following my friends in all their cars. I then decided to ask him what happened. As it turns out, my friends were drifting in the clearing when these drunk people on the quad and truck had asked, Where's the party at, guys? And with my friends noticing the heavy alcohol on their breath, had told the guys it was farther up the mountain, just saying anything to get them away from them. So off those drunk guys went, and while by the time I got there, those guys and girls in the truck had came back all mad for saying there was a party up the mountain when there wasn't. Since my one friend had lied to the guy with the gun, that's when he got mad and decided to shoot the gun up in the air as a warning. I was the only one who stayed to talk to the police, since everyone was underage with alcohol in their car, 
and at the time they also had illegal weed in their cars as well. While talking to the police with my boyfriend, we ended up finding out that the truck's owner actually wasn't the one who drove it, but he had actually let his buddies borrow his truck. No joke, the police found the guys, but the guys weren't arrested because they literally said they didn't do it, and apparently 12 eyewitnesses isn't enough. So yeah, those guys got away with it. We ended up just trying to make the best of the night by partying at my buddy's house in Satlum. I've since moved off the island from Vancouver, but every time I drive past the forestry pools, I'm always reminded of that terrible night. I'm a junior in high school, and I live with four siblings and two parents, plus my disabled aunt who was recently in a car crash. This happened to me a while back, and I've been scared to tell anyone, mostly because the person I thought I could trust tried to kill me. For now, I'll call my ex Damien, and we were in a relationship for about five to six months. As you can imagine, the relationship was one of those toxic ones. Here's the story. When I first started dating him, he was the ideal boyfriend. The one who takes care of you and helps you with the things you need help with. Two months into our relationship, my parents had started to see that I was becoming depressed. This was because Damien, within the first month of our relationship, had turned toxic. He would follow me home after school even though we lived 30 minutes away by car. I would sometimes see his brother's car near my house and parked near it. The reason why I know this is because Damien's brother was a senior when Damien and I were sophomores. On the back of the car, it said, Congratulations on finishing school, William. Keep in mind we live in a pretty good area. For example, I've only seen two Teslas where I live, both of which are really easy to remember since the white Tesla has a purple interior and the kid who drives it is rich as fuck. But anyways, I would mostly see the car going around my neighborhood. I didn't mind it at first, just thought he was going to work. After a month in, I was home alone, and I had told Damien all about the weird Tesla. He soon told me to send him a picture for proof, and of course, I'd send him a picture of the outside. An hour or so goes by, and I hear someone rustling outside, and then I hear a shush sound. My German Shepherd was on high alert at this point, and as soon as he started barking, I then heard someone say, Oh fuck! And then a car started up. Little incidents like this continued to happen until September 12th. It was my brother's birthday, and his friends were coming over, so everything was really busy. All of the little kids were playing, and everyone was having fun. I of course texted Damien. I was at this point kind of scared to break up with him, and so he came over. He stayed for a couple of hours and for the cake, and I soon thought he had left. Later on, once everyone was settling in and everyone was getting ready for bed, my parents of course had a long hard day, so they wanted to watch some Netflix with my aunt. I think I soon fell asleep at around 9ish. I eventually wake up to God knows what, but I do indeed wake up, and as soon as I wake up, I heard a little creak in the closet. I of course think something's up because I watch like a bunch of horror movies and I'm now paranoid as fuck. 
Sometimes I hear something fall in the closet since I have makeup in the closet, so it could have been that. I like to keep things organized since I have a little bit of OCD. Well, I hear something fall again, and I then switch on my lamp. I then approach my closet door, and I then open it as fast as fuck, all while I have a can of pepper spray in my one hand, and I can't believe my eyes. I then see Damien looking straight at me with his phone, and he's recording and taking pictures of me sleeping. I then got scared, and I then ask him, What the fuck are you doing in my house? Once he realized he's caught, he then comes right at me, grabbing me by my wrist, and then pounced on me on the bed trying to advance himself on me. He gets on top of me covering my mouth, and I fucking bite him. I try my best to fight him off of me and push him off of me. I run downstairs seeing my aunt and parents now half asleep, and I then shout at them telling them what was happening. They didn't quite believe me at first, and they thought I was just having a bad nightmare. But they did go check upstairs anyways, and they did find my window wide open, to which they then see a car pulling out of the driveway. My dad springs to the phone and then calls the police. The police come to our house, and I tell them everything that happened, and they file a police report. As you can imagine, our relationship ended after this. The police go to his house the same day, and they talk to his parents, but nothing came of it. The parents told the police that both of their sons were with them all night, which is a complete lie, and they were just covering for them. However, they do still bring in both brothers for questioning. I really like the way the police dealt with the situation. The only problem was there was no evidence proving that Damien did something to me, and the only thing they really charged him with was trespassing. He didn't serve any time in jail, just some shit outside like community service or something. So about two months later after all this happened, football season's about to end, and I'm with both of my friends who I'll call Brooke and CJ. I of course haven't told any of my friends about what happened, because I don't usually tell people my problems, especially since this was involved with the police. So unfortunately Damien is friends with CJ, and he calls him and he tells him he knows where I am, that I'm at the football game. Now, the football stadium is really big. Underneath the stadium of where our home team sits at, there are two bathrooms, and then concession stands for the food, which is like a minute long past the stadium. Anyways, as I go to the bathroom, I then see Damien walking with his friends. Damien looks at his friends and then said, Hey, I need you guys to leave us alone for a few. I then look at him before I enter the bathroom, telling him to fuck off. I wasn't expecting him to enter the girls' bathroom because there were so many people there. Damien then enters the bathroom, and of course I'm doing my business trying to pee. He then goes into the stall and actually waits until two other girls leave the bathroom. Once they leave, I remember him locking the door and then actually looking under my stall. I then scream, and he then tells me to shut up, that I got lucky last time, and that this time will be different, and I'm going to regret what I did to him. He then pulls out a knife, and then slides it into the stall with me. I pull my pants up as fast as possible, and then look at him, trying to get my pepper spray ready. He then swings at me, as I then spray him in the eyes with my pepper spray. It ended up being a back and forth fighting match, 
with me trying my hardest to get away from him. At some point, he had grabbed the knife and he tries to swing it down on me. Luckily, he had only managed to cut a part of my arm, and I then punched him in the face in return. I then proceeded to kick him in the balls, grab the knife, and I then screamed for the security guards that were near the food stands. They then rushed over and then seen everything that happened. Well, the aftermath, that is. Once again, the police were called, and Damien was sent to the police. Long story short, me and my family pressed charges against him, and there was a long drawn-out case, and he ended up going to jail for quite a long time. My parents don't like bringing it up anymore, so we don't really talk about it. But I will say that Damien's parents to this day have sent death threats to my family, which led to getting a restraining order against them. Safe to say that Damien and his whole fucking family are psycho, and I really want nothing to do with any of them ever again. I still to this day cannot believe that all this happened to me. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always...